0: It's July. You know what happens at the end of July? Training camp gets going. So let's go. Let's start previewing positions for training camp, the biggest stories, and maybe some training camp battles, how this group is going to look. We're going to start with Crocs' specialty. That is the cover guys, cornerbacks, on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Lockdown 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter, on threads, wherever you want to find us. You can find us. You can talk to us on the YouTube comments as well. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast, just like all the everydayers are. We appreciate all the everydayers and we thank everybody for making us your first listen here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions. Apply. Let's go. Cornerbacks. Croc. Uh, an interesting group, a, we were asked last week, what's the most underrated group? What's the group you're most worried about that the 49ers could get torched at? Like wh- where, could you, where could the 49ers get exposed? And the DBs kind of could be both. Like, I don't know. I don't know whether this team's th- this unit is good, whether it's bad. I feel like they're somewhat underrated. I know the 49ers think that they're underrated versus the ink that's being spilt about the 49ers. Um, Taking safeties out of it, we're looking at corners specifically today, Crock. And I know you've done a little bit of work recently uh, looking at Steve Wilkes defenses and, and that Panthers group and Miles Hartsfield as the free agent signing from coming over from, um, from the Panthers as well. But let's just start with the, with the group as we know it. It, it. What's is there a big question for you at this group? Like when you think of 49ers cornerbacks, what is the overriding? question that you have about this group that that you think you're going to learn about in training camp?
1: I still have not watched a lick of Isaiah Oliver, so I have no idea what he is as a nickel. I think you're going to talk about some of these grades, and he graded out very well. But without knowing what he did defensively for Atlanta in that nickel spot, what that looked like, for me, he's the biggest question mark because outside of him, everybody else is kind of the same. D'Amadole Newark. I know what he is, and I'm curious to see, hey, man, does he even get better? Because last year I thought, solid starting cornerback. Traverius Ward, we know he is especially a, a, as a press man guy. I mean, you know, we saw how much he challenged guys like DK Metcalf for multiple games. Had one slip up, I want to say, it was in the playoff game where he got bombed over the top. But ultimately, he really competed against DK, and, you know, he's the kind of that press man guy. That's what he was at Kansas City. Uh, so, I mean, for me, the biggest question mark is Oliver, who I don't know anything about really as a nickel guy because he was a corner coming out of Colorado. And then, what's going to be that role for guys like Samuel Womack? You know, he—you know—is he, you know, he going to play more nickel? Is he going to play on the outside? I'm very intrigued by him. I think he's a, per, a player you need to have on the field. Big time playmaking ability has shown the versatility. Long arms, not the tallest of guy, but had that four three vertical speed. Uh, you know how good can he get moving forward? At I want to say led his conference and pass breakups throughout his career there playing at Toledo. So I mean, big time ability. Will we see more of that in year two? Where maybe they say, "Hey, we're not going to have you playing everywhere. We want you to just focus on this." And how much better can he be? So uh, some question marks outside of the starter guys.
0: Yeah, big depth question marks there. Getting get the hands of a lot of footballs. 49ers bringing in guys the last few drafts to get their hands on footballs. Uh, and, and Lenore is one of those. And Womack is one of those. And Jair Alexander and Talanu Uh Jair Alexander, Jair Brown, and And um, Talanu Funga, guys getting their hands on the footballs. So turnovers might be coming in bunches for the San Francisco 49ers unit. The biggest name of the group and the biggest contract of the group is Charverius Ward. And I think he started out awesome last year. And then I know someone in the uh, YouTube comments got mad at us. We were disrespecting De'Almedore Lenore. We weren't talking enough about how good he was and how he was actually outplaying Charverius Ward in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I don't want to write someone's career in stone based off three games and a small sample of, of games that happened at the end of last year. But Lenore was playing great. Um, and, and Ward was getting targeted more and getting beat more late in the season than he was earlier in the season but i was pretty surprised croc when i was looking uh you know getting ready for this podcast looking at the grades from pro football focus for the 49ers cornerback i was a little bit shocked to see not one but two guys in the top 10 grades you know uh, uh, based on you know with with a with a snap minimum you know we're we're not going to talk about grades of guys that had 18 snaps on defense but um the best corners in the league were the names you would expect from. It was Josh Gardner, it was Patrick Sertan, it was Jalen Ramsey. Number six on the list, Charverius Ward. He was the sixth highest grade, 81 total grade on defense. He had uh, a really good run defense grade, which is not something that I think the 49ers uh, forget about, but a lot of fans do forget about. He was one of the better graded run defenders at cornerback in the league. He's a physical guy, uh, really solid cover grades as well last year. For Charvarius Ward in the, the sixth highest overall grade of all corners in the NFL that met a minimum number of snaps last year. Does that surprise you? It,
1: it it is only because of how it started to look towards the end or like kind of like the second half of the season moving on. And I believe he was hampered with injuries. I bet if you ask him right now, it's like, man, you know, I had, I want to say it was kind of a upper. Leg injury, a quad or a thigh or something like that that held him out of a game, and then he came back against Kansas City. wasn't quite the same, and he was kind of banged up. There was a time where he would leave the game for a few plays and then come back in, and I think a, a lot of that kind of hampered how he played because early in the season, crazy confidence with how he was lined up against guys. I mean, he was all on everything there. There were a couple times teams, I mean, they were throwing the ball down the field. He's all over all of that. So he was definitely playing at a very high level, but I think the injuries kind of slowed him down a little bit. So it is very encouraging to see, regardless of that, and maybe not so much his coverage grade, but overall he graded out as his seventh best corner in the league.
0: He, if people remember, he was the star of training camp last year because he got a pretty big money contract and people are like, okay, Traverius wards the guy the 49ers chose it wasn't Stefan Gilmore it wasn't um JC Jackson JC Jackson who was terrible for the Chargers yeah, I mean I... he was hurt and not bad I think he was maybe not the greatest scheme fit but Travis Ward came out hot It was like oh this guy's a stud he was the he was the star of training camp for the 49ers last year and he started the season so well and Crock you said if you asked Travis Ward how he's feeling right now and uh asked him about injuries at the end of last year I don't think you even have to ask him Crock because They've been holding him out in spring practices. I think he was maybe even more injured than a, than a lot of people know. So that's a big one there. And if he's playing at that level and then Deamador Lenore has gained his confidence and, and plays this season like he ended last year, um, I mean, th- this starting unit could be big-time underrated and big-time being slept on by the pundits around the NFL. And, and it could be a really awesome group. By the way, the uh, the PFF grade's not as kind for Deamador Lenore last year. Uh, but I know he gave up a lot of big plays earlier, and, and it was kind of the opposite story of Charvarius Ward. And it was like, oh man, it, we, he might be a liability when he first, you know, it was kind of do you remember? Um, because we talk a lot about this a lot with offensive tackles. And it's like, oh no, it's uh, who's the guy a couple of years ago that was just like uh, he felt he filled in a, a tackle. And it was like, oh, he's terrible. The Niners are so screwed with McGlinchy out, like because people hated McGlinchey. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, please bring McGlinchy back because this guy's terrible. And then he kind of started playing okay. School? Um, no, no, not school. school? No. Huh. Uh, Compton, Tom Compton. Oh yeah, Compton. <laughs> It was like the, it was like Tom Compton. We really he came in the game and he just got destroyed one game, and, and it was like, oh no, this is not going to get. This is like okay, settled in. He was kind of playing okay. Delando or the it was similar, but he was playing great at the end of the year, taking the ball away. So. Gave up some big plays, came back, took away a, a bunch of and, and made a bunch of big plays for the 49ers. So we'll see how D'Amandor Lenore settles in there with the starting job across from Charvarius Ward. But a, a, a healthy Charvarius Ward um, is still the dude. It's still the biggest name, the biggest salary for the San Francisco 49ers. And he's going to be a really important player for the Niners. And uh, can't wait to see how that group comes together. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Oh, man, and they make you feel good, too. Bird Dogs Stretch Khaki Shorts, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I love the way my Bird Dogs look. I love the way they feel, too, because they fit way better than anything else out there, uh, including Lululemon, if that's what you're into. Uh, they fit better because regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixes all this. They invented their own cloud knit fabric. Looks just like khaki, but stretches in all the ways you needed to. Get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement, no matter what it is that you do. And if you're active or you're out in the, the hot summer months, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So whether you're at work or you're at play, Bird Dogs are for you. Their long pants are fantastic. I wear them all the time. I love golfing in my bird dogs. Uh, my bird dog shorts. I got some bird dog shorts with a liner, so I can hang out by the pool. I can jump in the water if I want to. Or if you're in your bird dogs khakis, uh, they're gonna feel great no matter what whether you're podcasting or uh you're hanging out with friends this summer. And get your pair, get your get a pair of your own at birddogs.com/slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or use promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you.
1: And I think for Lenore, he, towards the end of the year, there were, there was a couple game stretch that wasn't very great. And I don't know if those games kind of lowered his PFF score or in coverage grade, but the Raiders game, it got a little weird. In, in moments, and uh, there was a, a catch that I feel like shouldn't have counted, but it they they, they reviewed it, I want to say, and counted it, and uh, he had to guard Devontae Adams a couple of times, and, and then he had the game against Washington Commanders where, you know, I, I felt like on paper, statistically, it might not look as bad, but there were some moments there where, you know, he probably would tell you that that wasn't the best version of me. But listening to him in an interview – he's not a guy that lacks any type of confidence. He believes in himself. He believes that he prepares the right way. Uh, You know, he's a feisty guy. He's nicknamed himself the Hyena. And when you hear him talk, you understand why. So uh, after hearing him speak, I'm all all in on D'Amado Lenore because uh, the more comfortable you get, the more you start to become just more of yourself and, and more just reactive as opposed to, thinking a whole lot and I'm and I'm really curious to see him like that version of him in year three
0: and by the way just looking pure coverage grades charberry Ward was 15th and when you look at his entire grade he was up at, at number six so gotcha. uh, still good just coverage but you know being a good run defender was a was a part of helping his grade even be a little bit better versus some other corners around the league because you know yeah, fair or not crocs some some corners they have a they have a tendency um, David Tennessee did not want to be super physical and get involved in the run game a lot. Not saying you, I'm just saying some corners. It's <laughs> the knock on him.
1: We got to roll the tape on some young young Eric Crockett. <laughs> I was
0: trying to look at some of the numbers here, advanced statistics for uh, DeAmado Lenore. Um, it's looking like his passer rating against 84.
1: That's not not as kind to him as uh, I want to say Tariq Woolen had the best passer rating. Like when I say best, I mean like he was not the quarterbacks had the best, but he had the lowest passer rating against him, which was the best mm-hmm. in the league.
0: And let's see here. I'm trying to find anyway, I'm not finding what I'm looking for. So I'm not gonna waste too much time on that. But um you know, we trust the tape on on Dion D'Amador Lenore. Trust the tape on Travis Ward and what we saw. Um but, as you mentioned, uh, and, and same for me, Kroc, and and something we're gonna have to do probably go back and watch more of Isaiah Oliver just see what he looks like in training camp because he took off as a nickel player. But I, I remember watching him as a college player on the outside. I remember watching him earlier on in his career as a outside cornerback. And he, he's not a quick, quick twitch guy, but he's physical. He's long. He's, you know, six feet, a little over six feet, six one. 200 pounds like he's a thick guy he's not the player that you would expect to take off as a slot guy after being an outside corner and and maybe not good but not terrible either on the outside so that's an interesting one for me and and it's it's a total unknown and and when I'm looking at the biggest question of this cornerback group it's it's for sure Isaiah Oliver what's he going to look like in the slot and they must have really liked him when they brought him in
1: Carlos rogers that's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, a guy that's six-one, around 200 pounds, started his career as more of a pure outside guy. And I know Rogers played in base defense. He would play outside and slide in that nickel roll. But, you know, being a guy that's kind of bigger and that quarter scheme kind of coming back in the 49ers, uh, playing the whole lot of that, I think if you go back and watch those teams, you might be able to visualize a little bit of what Isaiah Oliver might look like in the slot as a 49er.
0: No idea what to expect about Ambry Thomas. He's in a in a fight to make the roster. I think uh, Samuel Womack. I, I'm surprised that uh, I, I thought they were going to give him the nickel job. I thought he's going to get the nickel job last year. So he's going to have to fight to.
1: He to did get have him. the nickel job. It just well, got taken from him. Got taken
0: back from him. right. That's right. And then they they brought in a new guy and Isaiah Oliver. So they they clearly didn't want to give the the job to Womack and, and maybe like. Uh, Dom Lenore, there's like, you know, what, we're not too worried about height on the outside anymore in this game. So maybe Womack's an outside guy now, like he was in college.
1: I think that was one of the more kind of shocking revelations that we found out, you know, he got benched early in the season and to the naked eye, I didn't see what the issue was, you know? So, you know, typically you watch and it's like, okay, you kind of see it, it coming. Okay. This guy got Couple more opportunities, and you might be sitting the bench, buddy. But with Womack, it was like, oh man, got a nickel corner. He's playing well. He's a rookie. Let's go. The next game is like, hey, where's where's Womack? Like, what? Don't the do Lenore's in. What happened to Womack? And I did get a, D- a DM from a, a certain NFL player who said he believed it was run fits. So I, I don't know if that's exactly what it was, but. I didn't think he was playing bad. Now he did come in later in the year at times. I think when, when uh, Trevor's war was out and I think that's where it was a little up and down for him, but that's tough, man. It was just like, well, you're running scout team and you're doing those things. You're not getting a whole lot of, you know, legit reps in game or in practice. Then you get thrown into the fire in the meat of the season where everybody's cooking. And, it's like, oh, I got to just be shut down. Like that, that's kind of tough.
0: One player, Croc, that is probably a big unknown for most people is Miles Hartsfield. And you watched a little bit of Miles Hartsfield recently and uh, his work with the Carolina Panthers. And he's listed as a, a corner slash safety. But what you saw was a guy who was a straight up nickel.
1: He was a straight up nickel. And I went into it just to see what style of defense Wilkes ran because a lot of people ask me about it. I am very open and honest. I am not the most schematic person. I'm more evaluating talent and how guys kind of move and and what does that look like and how they should be utilized. Uh, I can't tell you all these different defenses, and I hate guessing it because typically when you try to guess what a, a defense is doing, you're wrong. And when you have a lot of followers like I do and a lot of NFL players, the 49er players will DM you and tell you that. You don't know what you're talking about. You're wrong on this. Not in those words, but kind of like in those words. They try to be respectful. So I stopped guessing from a schematic standpoint. But anyways, I wanted to see what Wilkes was doing. And I noticed Miles My- Hartsford, Hartsfield. And I'm like, okay, let, let, let me pay attention to him. Let me look. How are they utilizing him? You see him blitz off the edge. Uh, you know, great timing. You see him playing off in, in zone. And they, they had him in the slot, playing in the slot. I know in the 49ers, I want to say their depth chart, He's listed as a cornerback slash safety. He's a nickel. He's a nickel. And maybe that's the combination of a corner slash safety. But
0: and it's he, also another indicator that Womack's an outside dude now.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. But they had him playing in the slot. When he wasn't a man, he'd fall off in, into space. And the one thing I really loved, he looked for work. So basically what I'm saying is as he's dropping back, he's not just, okay, I'm just going to drop back to the spot and cue the quarterback he's dropping back to the spot and looking to see is anybody running into my zone from the outside or from somebody coming across the field. He was very active from that standpoint. That was great to see that he triggered extremely fast in the run game and in the screen game. I mean, there were plays where he would blow by the guy and maybe he knew what it was. I saw him turn around, signal something to the safety and he kind of crept up. Then boom, shot the gap. Boom. He's in there for a tackle for loss on a screen play. So one of the notes I put was smart and heady. At, at the end of the day, he, or at the very least, he knows what's going on in the sense of assignment and alignment. So you you show him a certain assignment, it's like, okay, I, I've seen this before on film, and he react and make plays. And those are things that you don't see a lot of times from the younger guys who are still trying to figure it out. So we talk about Womack and even Lenore, who's kind of up and down as a nickel guy, they're still trying to figure it out. Miles Hartsfield, like he hasn't figured it out. And he's able to get in there. He was aggressive. But then I was impressed also with man coverage. And I'm not going to act like I watched a bunch of games, but, you know, I'm watching him. And I saw him get whooped one time in the slot. And, man, where you, they may be could have called pass interference, offensive pass interference, which they're likely not going to. But aside from that, I thought he was sticky in coverage. Uh, they, they would play him in some man stuff as well. He undercut routes. I saw him in like a two-man or kind of a trap coverage, and I thought he was very patient with it. So overall, I was like, okay, I know they signed Isaiah Oliver, and, and that's great. But they definitely, at the very least, have good depth with Hartsfield. And for a guy who I think we just look at the depth chart, you're like, man, is this guy going to – is he even going to make the team? He's definitely going to have to compete for a job because, you know, there still is Walmack and those guys. But – I'm leaning much closer to, oh, yeah, he's going to be a part of this than I was prior to actually kind of paying attention to him on film.
0: A couple more nuggets on Miles Hartsfield. And then, Croc, I want to hear what you have to say uh, about Steve Wilkes and and how the fit is for D'Alemont or for Charberius Ward and, and how you expect these corners to play under Steve Wilkes in 2023. Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by. LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you do, it's really easy. You go to your uh, profile and you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and it spreads the word that you're hiring. And so, you know, the millions of people on LinkedIn jobs. You're not going to get a million applicants, but you're going to get the right applicants for your job. And you can spread the word to all of that network that might be uh, looking for a job just like yours. And maybe some uh, folks that might not even realize that your job is perfect for them on LinkedIn. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, looking at the PFF numbers for Miles Hartsfield, doesn't paint a great picture just looking at the pure uh, production here. Uh, he gave up a, a catch on 75.5% of his targets. He was targeted 49 times in his 40, uh, 400 and let's see, 465 coverage snaps last year for the Carolina Panthers. He was targeted 49 times, gave up 37 catches. It's a 75% catch rate and gave up four touchdowns. So the the catch rate and the touchdowns, two of the, the he was second worst, I think, on the entire defense. C.J. Henderson is the only guy that gave up more catches amongst DBs for the Carolina Panthers' defense last year. Uh, to give you um, an indicator of how that is, only 59% completion percentage rate against J.C. Horn, who was the best corner for the, uh, for the Carolina Panthers, and he did not give up a single touchdown. But I will say, Croc, and we talked about some of the grades for the 49ers as well, and I know Lenore played some in the slot last year and was moved around a little bit. It's a lot harder to play in the slot than it is outside. All the top coverage grades are outside, guys. That's something I'm noticing when I'm looking at all these PFF grades recently. And it's just, you have a two-way go. You have, you're usually not able to get your hands on a guy coming off the line of scrimmage. A lot of teams are now really scheming up their best option to be that player that's in the slot so it's got to be said that it's much harder to play in the slot than it is outside so if you're it's probably i would imagine and you can tell me what it's like to be wired like a defensive backcrop i'm sure there's a lot of corners that are drafted they're like oh my god i hope i get drafted by a team that wants me to play outside because i like playing outside it's easier to play outside and i want to play outside
1: if, if you have certain movement patterns, you do not want to play in that nickel spot. I was one of those. I kind of a longer, uh, wasn't as quick with my transitions as I ideally would like to be in that short area space for that nickel spot. So, yeah, it's definitely tougher. I think you hit the nail on the head with all the issues that you run into. Too much space. Two-way goals for guys. Hard to get hands on because in the slot they play off the ball. You get a lot of guys motioning from one side to the other and off the ball. I mean, it's just extremely difficult. So, And then they're scheming up stuff where it's hard to bracket that position as well. And then when you get those slot fades, there's so much space. And I'm I'm surprised the 49ers don't throw more slot fades. Again, I, I mentioned it earlier, we saw it with Trey Lance throwing downfield too uh Juwan Jennings week one against the Bears. But and then we saw it Trey Lance throwing downfield against the Packers in the preseason game. But rarely do we see the 49ers do it when first single high, that is one of the most difficult things to guard. And I remember the 49ers, uh the Packers kept doing it against the 49ers in 2021, I believe it was. They just kept attacking the 49ers slots on slot fades. So that's something that's there. And it's there because it's just an extremely difficult spot to play in with all that space unless you guys have a guy that can really run. So yeah, that, that nickel spot is not, is not for the week. And when you see a guy that really truly excels there, he probably is really good with anticipating what's coming based off alignment.
0: And obviously the other part of that is defending the runs so and you, you, you right. have, it's easier for your, to do your job in coverage. And then on top of that, you're like, you look around, you're like, wait a second. All the big people are here around where I'm at. And, you know, an outside corner is like, oh, okay, I'm going to dive at a guy's legs or I'm going to chase him back inside to the big people. But you're in with the big people if you're a nickel corner. And we saw, um, we, we've seen people in the past, the best nickel guys. And that's why Ward was so good there last year once he really buckled down uh, at, at that position. But it probably wouldn't shock you, Croc, and maybe it would, that Jimmy Ward had the worst uh, completion percentage against. Of the 49ers DBs last year, and it was worse than Hartfield's 81%, 81.2% of targets were caught in Jimmy Ward's coverage last year.
1: Yeah, and this tough and and this is the part where I don't know how they grade it. As a nickel guy, you can drop off into space, and if they throw a quick five yard stop, is like is that do I take a hit for that because I'm playing yeah. my zone, keeping it in front of me, and then I rally down to make a tackle? But that completion percentage, which is again. Quarterbacks' highest completion percentages are going to be short inside routes because tra- the ball travels the shortest distance. So most of, most of the time, that's where the higher percentage of their completions will come from. They might be 90% on those type of throws, right? Then maybe it kind of uh, goes down as you get further and further outside the numbers. But Jimmy Ward kind of played in that area where, hey, this is where they're coming. And I remember he gave up a touchdown against the – Kansas City Chiefs, and the guy just kind of ran this like in route, and it's like well, it happens so fast because of where you're lined up at. So I can definitely see that. Now I I wish PFF would break it down with man reps versus zone because Jimmy Ward might be you know terrible overall at 81 you know percent against him, but then if you just kind of filter out to where it's just pure man, you might see a big drop-off in the completion percentage against him.
0: got to get our guy Jeff Deeney from pro football focus on to break down some of those stats further because he's got the super secret behind the scenes stats when I used to work at PFF I had access to more stuff than than I do now um but by the way so to your point Jimmy Ward's coverage grade was still the best on the team 76.9 just barely better than Charverius Ward's 76.6 coverage grade last year even though Traverius Ward gave up 58% of his receptions, uh, his targets as receptions, and Jimmy Ward's 81%. The yards per catch were only 7.7% for Jimmy Ward, lowest on the team, and there were 12 yards per catch against Traverius Ward. So that's the difference outside versus inside there.
1: I think that backs up exactly what I said. Yep. The higher completion percentage because of when he's off in in zone, but then also the amount of yards, what, 7.7%, because he's rallying down the end zone and making those tackles right away. So they, if they run a, okay, they're going to run a five-yard out. Okay, you run a five-yard out, but I'm going to tackle you right there, and I'll give that up as opposed to a 10-yard play, but then you get the completion, which doesn't go well for my completion percentage against me.
0: Can you guess which DB was credited with giving up the most touchdowns for the 49ers defense last year?
1: Talano Hufunga.
0: Nailed it. Six, six touchdowns.
1: Didn't even have to think about
0: it. Yeah, it was, and most of those were like not what he was, where he was very close to the receiver catching the ball.
1: <laughs> A couple of oh. them were 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 tough. I know for sure, like the Raiders one, that's on him. And it's like, man, third and two. They give a hard run action like they're going to run with Josh Jacobs who led the NFL in rushing yards. Of course, they're going to give it to him on two. No, they're not. They're actually going to throw it to that big tight end, Darren Waller, down the field. And you oh, get really? caught with your eyes in the backfield. But yeah. there were also two against the Kansas City Commanders where I thought he had bad eyes in the backfield.
0: Uh, which Kansas Canada? City Commanders, excuse me. Um, Washington. Uh,
1: Washington. Commanders. I actually played against the Kansas City Commanders in the Arena Football League.
0: <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know there was a Kansas City Commanders. Okay. Yeah. Uh and then obviously Hufanga gave up the one in the uh against Justin Fields and the the Bears in week one as well.
1: Yeah, see, and it's like those uh it's like, it's not it's not like
0: actually hold on. We we gotta wait on this. We'll 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 talk safeties. We're talking corners yeah. anyway, so we'll talk safeties on another day. But I know exactly where you're going with that. We'll save it and talk more Hufanga. Um but as far as scheme and, and how you saw Steve Wilkes coach up his guys and, and what they were doing in Carolina, if they bring a lot of that over to the 49ers, how do you see the fit with Lenore and, and Ward and those guys?
1: I was looking to see if they would play like more aggressive, right? On the outside. And then again, there's there's a difference between playing aggressive in the sense of your, your play calling and blitzing, and then letting your defense defensive backs play more aggressive. New England Patriots, they'll run some quarters, tough, but man, they are. Probably one of the more man-heavy teams. Traditionally, I don't know what they were last year. They like to draft guys and then they match up guys almost like basketball. Well, Wilkes, he I felt like he was playing his guys off coverage. You just talked about CJ Henderson and how well he or how bad he played. And it's like, well, when he was at Arizona, he was a press man, I mean Arizona, excuse me, Florida Gators, he was a press man cornerback. So if you're playing him in a bunch of off, that might not be what he's best suited to do. And when you look at the 49ers, it was very clear to me, regardless of those PFF numbers, when I look at Traveris Ward, I'm much more comfortable with him being pressed up on guys at the line of scrimmage. Kansas City Chiefs, not Kansas City Commanders, our Kansas City Chiefs. They were much more comfortable with him being pressed up at the line. And they did a whole lot of pressed up. Hey, man, just go follow that number one receiver around. 49ers played some off. And there was one glaring weakness with his off coverage. His turn and run and, and the transitioning into a turn and run was not great. So if they're going to continue to play him off, which I don't think is his biggest strength, press coverage, great, terrific. I would have him there 95% of the time. Because you can play press alignment on dang near any play. Or, like you know, coverage. Cover one, you could do it. Cover two, you could do it. Cover three, cover four. You know, maybe not Sky, or if they motion down to a tight split and you have like a bunch or or twins to a side, it's harder to play press versus that. But a lot of other stuff, you can you can line them up at the line of scrimmage. He could press bell out or just have outside leverage and still read two to one. But they played him off a lot. And when you saw him have to turn and run, guys just ran by him. And we saw it in the Eagles game, but Jalen Hurts underthrew the ball. And he was able to make a play on it. So I would say Lenore, who is able to turn around a little bit better, is probably better suited to play more in Wilkes style. Unless he says, you know what, I watched the film and Ward, I just like you more at the line of scrimmage. And if he does that, then then now you're using both guys at what they do best and you have a terrific cornerback tandem.
0: We're out of time here, Croc. The, the last player was the 49ers fifth round rookie Darrell Luter Jr. And uh, I wondered how you thought he would fit in this year if he's just going to play a straight up reserve role, if you thought he could push for more. Um, and, you know, the more I look at Darrell Luter Jr., the more I realize there's some similarities, I think, with him and the prospect that was Charvarius Ward coming out of college, you know, smaller school guy and was kind of overlooked in the draft process, but has nice height, weight, speed, and, you know, was a competitive player. So I'm really interested to see what Luter looks like, and and who knows if uh, maybe he's able to overtake Lenore maybe for a starting job. This is clearly an outside corner.
1: Yeah, Luder is definitely an outside guy, and I think the one thing that really helps him for whatever reason he's able to stay square and almost plays like this catch technique from off. So he kind of like lets the receiver close the gap and he kind of gets hands on and turns and runs, and and he was really good at that. So if he continues to do that from off coverage, he'll be fine. I'm not sure if you do a whole lot of that for quarters. But he's another guy I think plays well from press, Uh Can do a little bit better anticipating when the receiver is breaking his route off at the top of the route. But overall, I think he I think he he's a little bit more scheme versatile than than Ward.
0: Can't wait. the, oh, the turn Like
1: that's the only thing. That's my only issue with Ward. It's yeah. just that okay, a guy's really running at me, and I turn and run and have to like transition and get up to speed right now. That's harder from him versus normal speed receivers. You guys all remember that play. Uh, D'Amado Lenore, his rookie year, week two, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, J- what was what, what his name? Chris like yeah,
0: Watkins. Chris yeah.
1: Watkins yeah. just ran straight, right? And then you see Lenore trying to turn around. Well, Watkins is hella fast. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. But from normal speed guys, can you turn around with them? And I think Lenore does that a little bit better than
0: Watkins. Is with Ward's more of like a biomechanical thing because he's he's fast, but it's just the turning. He's a long-legged guy, or is it technique where you can get better at that?
1: I think it's just it's just that turn and run. It's just that just that transitioning into that turn and run, and not being able to you know if he's at the line of scrimmage with a guy, I have no issues with him being able to run vertically with a guy. So that's why I like him. Put him at the line of scrimmage because even in quarters, he can just be outside shade. Read and once he, at the snap, he can open up, funnel a guy inside. And If he has to run vertically down the field with him, he's fine with that. I saw some things on film that, that didn't really show up, uh, especially in the Kansas City game where a guy just, pew, blowed by him, and it's like, whoo, glad that Tua didn't see that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, fantastic stuff. That is the cornerbacks. Can't wait to see these guys on the field and in action and working out training camp, preseason, and on the field with the 49ers in 20 23 thanks everybody for making this your first listen here on the locked on podcast network subscribe up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast croc and I back tomorrow locked on 49ers subscribe to this
1: video.